The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. This show is designed to elevate black voices through authentically told stories of Africans, African descendants, or allies of the community. Our work is done in service of rewriting the African narrative and reclaiming the brand that represents people of color. My name is Kendwani Mwase, Ethiopian-born, Canadian-raised, and proudly Malawian. I live in the world of business, but find inspiration, energy, and purpose in creative spaces. This show is my passionate pursuit to better understand what shapes and defines our collective culture. It is the manifestation, if you will, of my curiosity. Now, over the past few episodes, I've been privileged enough to speak with some amazing creators who are shaping culture through the page. People who, through their work, have written books, built magazines, and designed profound printed collages that beautifully reflect our complex and textured stories. As we approach the end of this mini-series on authors, we're landing at the virtual doorstep of my next guest, Nalady Jackson. She's a writer, director, and a producer who's been methodically making her way up the movie-making ladder in recent years. Because she's behind the camera, writing or directing, she's not a household name. But make no mistake, in the circles that count, in the rooms that create amazing stories we see play out on our screens, she's most definitely present. From her action-packed short, The Drop-In, to her work on the Netflix series, and with an E, her range and talent is on point and in bloom. Along with a host of impressive writing nominations and awards, she's worked on shows like The Detail, launched yet another short called Trouble, and continues to use her remarkable talent to move in and up in impressive spaces. For context, Nalady was born in Canada, has roots in South Africa, and spent some of her formative years in Zimbabwe. And while she's drawn inspiration from all the places she's been in, from Montreal to Bloeo, she's now weaving her magic in Los Angeles. It is with great excitement that I bring you our conversation. It's time. Here is From Real to Real. Let's do this. Make it painless. Okay, perfect. Um, so thank you so much for, for, for joining me on the show. This is something that feels like it's long overdue on my end. I want to get into the, to the work that you're doing and all of the, the cool things. But before we get there, I want, to, I want to kind of ask you a question about your career trajectory and the people who you um, idolize. Like, so who, who is like your hero? Like, who do you look up to in the industry? In the industry, okay. 
I mean, or in general, in general, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my I'd say my heroes are my parents, um, just because they were they're so supportive of of my career choices. Um, so I I think the pandemic's given me a bit of time to reflect on that, and it's something that's really been landing lately. Um, but in the actual industry, I'd say the most I'd say honestly. Steven Spielberg <laughs> was a huge, um, I mean, right now I'm, I'm mostly writing for TV, um, but just in terms of storytelling, uh, when I was, when I was a kid, you know, I just remember watching ET and being like, how do I do that? <laughs> like how, whatever that is, I have to figure it out. Like, <laughs> whatever uh, that is. Yeah. You know, like I was, I was so, I was just so, so taken by the way he tells stories with, with so much heart and really gets into, I guess, the emotional POV of, of the characters um, in a really kind of cutting way um, for my young mind, you know, and, you know, also George Lucas um, is huge and and um, lately, I'm I'm just loving everything Shonda Rhimes is doing in terms yeah, of yeah. the breadth of 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 what she's putting out into the world and the the fierceness which she does that I, I find For it sure. really admirable and I'm just like how does she do so much like yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's like like Shonda La what is it Shonda Land Shonda like it's, it's, yeah. a real, it's a real thing because that's I'm, I'm like is is her name on this as well like how is that even possible yeah. but. No, um, like as an exec producer, she's she's just formidable. So, um, yeah, but there's there's so many. I'm, I'm no, like, for sure. no, for sure, no, for sure, for <laughs> sure. I, I like, like I know it's kind of a, a random question to start off yeah. the interview with, but here here's no, where I'm go here's where I'm going with it. So, um, have you have you met any of those? Have you met Steven or Steven Spielberg or uh, George Lucas or? Oh yeah, I met Steven. No. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. Oh yeah, that's why I'm like, have you met Steven? Steven. Because it's like, yeah, like I'll use his first name. Um, so I'm assuming you. Name, I'm assuming uh, you, have, you haven't met any of them. Or no, I. I have met with people from Amblin, um, but I haven't met Steven Spielberg himself. Okay, that's, perfect. That's okay. Like so, hashtag goals for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then write it down, make it happen, right? So, um, okay. So, if you're in a, uh, let's say wherever you're, you're uh, in an, an elevator, right? And okay. Shonda Rhimes kind of comes into the same elevator and now it's just like the two of you. You're on like the 32nd floor of some hotel. Oh my God. You, you both hit the lobby or yeah, the ground floor. You now, <laughs> you now know that you have her captive for whatever that seconds of time. And she somehow turns to you and says, tell me about yourself. <laughs> oh my God. What do you, yeah, what do you say? Like, uh... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, there's, uh, I, I'm a writer, producer, director, um, you know, that's, I'm a storyteller too. That's, um, you know, what, what I love to do most. Um, and, um, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say I'm a huge fan because that's so nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> I can probably definitely say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, part, part of the reason why I'm asking the question is I wasn't too sure how best to describe you. 
how do you introduce yourself and where do you want to put yourself? Like what box do you want to put yourself in rather than me sort of imposing that on the audience? I generally just say I'm a creative. <laughs> I know that's, that sounds so broad and maybe a bit banal, but, um, but you know, I, right now I'm, I'm, I'm writing much more than I'm directing. Um, and I, I'm okay with that. I'm writing, producing. Um, I, I will be directing a lot more towards the end of the year, but um, for now, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly a screenwriter. And um, it's, all, it's all storytelling. It's all, like they all feed off of each other. But for TV, since I'm mostly in TV, you know, it's, um, it's, it's also very much a writer's medium, you know, the, sh the showrunner mm -hmm. drives the project. I'm not showrunning right now. I'm a supervising producer um, and a writer, of course, but, um, but yeah, so it's like the weight of writing is, is a bit heavier, I'd say in the world of TV than maybe in the world of feature, you know, it's, 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 it's just, um, the story department's massive in TV. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a, a machine that keeps moving, you know? So, yeah. Before we, before we dive into like the specifics of like, of that, cause I'm actually really interested and in, I think the audience would be of like trying to understand the, like the writing room and some of that that goes on. Right. Um, I want to maybe take a step back and say, sure. what, what began your love affair with this, with this art? Yeah, again, really, really young um, with Star Wars, with E.T. I, I don't know what, what it was about E.T. <laughs> like, I, I really don't, I don't know. Um, but, and I also remember watching Empire of the Sun as well. Um, all of Spielberg's stuff seemed yeah. to just like come into my, my universe. And, you know, a lot of this was in, I, I grew up in Zimbabwe you know, um, and there, there wasn't a ton of access to, to media, um, but, but I do remember, you know, just certain shows. Mm -hmm. it, I, it was like a, a minor obsession in, in my mind, I, I'd say like, um, I, I didn't really see it as a real career path, but it was something that just like burned in my soul that I knew I wanted to do. But I, I, I like, I didn't even go to film school because I think I, it seemed something so out of my reach. Um, you know, I, I, I studied art, like painting and drawing until once I was finished with that, I was like, okay, I still really want to do film. I don't know yeah. why I went to, to art school. All I really want to do is connect with the, with the broader audience, whether it's film or TV or, or just bring that sense of magic and wonder into the world, you know, like what, what I felt as a kid and what I still feel whenever I, I go to the cinema. Or do you, when do I you think about that when you're creating? Sorry to cut you off, but do you um, think about that when you're creating? Are you like trying to create that magic? Absolutely. I think the projects I choose to work on as a writer too have to have that, um, like have to offer that that sense of, of, of uh, possibility and, mm -hmm. and is, is really something I, I aspire to, to share with audiences for sure, yeah. You've lived in Zimbabwe, in uh, Canada, Montreal, I think specifically. Uh, yeah. And in, in Zimbabwe, it was Harare or Bloeo, I yeah. can't remember. 
Okay. In Harare. In Harare. Okay, sorry. Uh, so Harare, Montreal, and now you're in the States in California. I'm, it, it's kind of silly to say, have, have the spaces that you've been, that you've lived in, inform your writing? Because I'm, I'm sure everything informs your writing. But is, do you, like, what do you draw on from inspir for inspiration when you, when you write and when you create? Hmm. Um, I'd say, I'd say, uh, yeah, everywhere. I'd say Zimbabwe, definitely. It, it is a bit of a, a magical place to me. Yeah. It's very, you know, it's incredibly beautiful also very challenging place to live. Um, and, um, and I think it's given me an outsider perspective. Um, so, you know, I'm, I think the way I approach character and story is, uh, I think a lot of it is, is influenced by my life experience there. Stories about immigration, stories about colonialism, you know, so many aspects of that experience has just carried with me. You know, I've lived in, in Montreal and Toronto, um, but for Montreal, Montreal for longer. And um, Montreal's a, when I was living there was very much a creative hub for, for music and all sorts of things. So I think um, that was really formative to just being around a lot of other artists and seeing people, mm. you know, just commit themselves to, to an artistic path was very influential and and um, yeah there's also Montreal has this like weird edge to it which I just love yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's grit but I don't like I don't think it's a gritty city but you're right I think edge like there's just this little something there and that's cool yeah um, and you know it's also bilingual obviously well it's francophone mostly so uh, I tend to always kind of have French characters <laughs> lately <laughs> my work I don't know they, there just always has to be somebody who's French that's yeah, so funny that's so yeah. funny so so like you know like very interested in in your path because and you had mentioned that uh, before so you know the writing is is something obviously that it, like it sort of starts with the pen mm -hmm. and that's a that's a statement but it's also a question so correct me when I'm done with this <laughs> um, it starts with the pen but then you've made this you've made this path where going behind the camera or sorry, going, going into like the, behind the, uh, the lens, if you will, being the director, when did that transition happen? And, or was that always the path? I initially, I only wanted to direct and it's still a huge part of, of what I wanted to keep doing, but I realized if I was to direct anything, I, I needed a script and when I started out I couldn't you know afford to to hire a writer and pay them their WGC or WGA you know uh, rate um, yeah. scale so I was like okay well I have to learn how to write I guess so I got a bunch of screenwriting books and read a lot of scripts and you know got a free software program for screenwriting uh, and basically taught myself the craft just so I could have something to, to direct and bring to camera. Uh, but in the process, uh, I, I found out I, I really enjoyed it. I was like, oh, yeah. whoa, this is fun. <laughs> like, just kind of create these worlds on paper and it's, it's free. Like, it's just like, I don't even have to go to the art store. I just really have to sit down, <laughs> you know, and, and write. Um, and the possibilities are endless. So I found myself writing quite a lot and quite aggressively. And um, 
you know, I wrote a pilot on spec, which ended up getting me representation and getting me into writer's rooms and stuff. So the, the TV writing train picked up quite quickly once I, I started writing, uh, but it wasn't my initial, um, wasn't my initial intention. It, it was like a, a byproduct of me wanting to, <laughs> to direct or just have, you know, I, my own IP basically. Um, Interesting. Were you surprised like, when you got called into these, into these writing rooms then? Like, because this was not yeah. like, okay. You I were had so- <laughs> no idea what I was doing. I was like, well, what's the writer's room? I just, right. I just kind of pretended I knew. No, that's, no per- that's perfect. So, so, so tell me about the writing room, how important it is to the whole process of creating something uh, creative and, and how do you feel now? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's start at the top. The, the writer's room is basically a brain trust of, of writers who've been gathered to help execute a showrunner's uh, creative vision. So the head writer is, is the showrunner and it's, mm-hmm. it's their idea for the show. Um, and they're responsible for, for the tone and the, like everything, you mm-hmm. know, uh, it, in a way, like the showrunner has a bit of the, the director's role in terms of, of, of vision, you know, except that they're not behind the camera right. um, or they're driving the, the story room. So, so basically a room is where, yeah, a bunch of writers are brought together to figure out the whole season mm-hmm. and, um, all, and all the episodes. So you, you break the season and, uh, and then, yeah, you're, you, sometimes when you're still in the writer's room, you write your episode. Sometimes you write it once the room is um, closed, uh, depends on the structure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's basically, you're, you're there to, to write the show. <laughs> like how, how is that experience when you've gone from like, essentially writing your own universe with no limits and now you walk into a room where there are other people and there's like you now have to have this tug of war on how that works is that like is that an easy process to get used to you have to go in in the spirit of openness and and collaboration and understanding that you're there in the service of of the showrunner and ultimately the more you can support she or he and their their vision the stronger the show will be it's 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 not helpful to go in there and and cling to your own writing style or your like like you have to you have to learn how to how to loosen up and Mm -hmm. adjust to a different tone or a different writing style and really kind of flex your your creative muscles in a different way and um Sometimes it's actually really nice to not have the pressure of, of having everything figured out. <laughs> like, like you have to do what is your own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it can, it can be, it can be quite delightful. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely really collaborative. It's like, it's extremely co- collaborative. Yeah. I can and imagine. Ultimately the showrunner has the, the final say. Um, right. I think most people in rooms are there because at one point you will have your own show. So it's really important to learn how to write for a showrunner if you're ever going to showrun yourself. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you want to learn how to lead, you have to learn how to follow. Learn too. how to follow. Yeah. You understand the different components. <laughs> no, no, for sure. No, that and that makes a, a ton of sense. 
what are the best rooms? Like, what do the best rooms look like? And a part of me wants to ask the question about representation in terms of women, in terms of people of color and how, how that impacts uh, showrooms. Cause I think you've been on an all female uh, showroom. Yeah, and with an E was, was all female mm-hmm. and it was very diverse. Um, so I was spoiled <laughs> early. <laughs> you know, it was it was a really it was a really lovely room. It was very people were very um, open and 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 vulnerable with each other. And I think my preference is when it is um, there is that space for for sharing and vulnerability because I think um, you get the most it's a authentic storytelling out of that. Um, but honestly, most of the rooms I've been in have been great. I do think representation is really important. Um, before, I think I used to feel like I was I was being done a huge favor, you know, if I was even in the room. And and often I, I would be the only person of color, and I'd be like, oh, I'm so lucky to be here. <laughs> you know, but but now I I think like no, it's 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 you need you absolutely need to have diversity in the room um you are doing them a service by being there and bringing your your experience where we're in a world now where you you just can't have these very narrow narrow stories which which aren't inclusive anymore you need people's life experience to make you know compelling and authentic tv there's a genre of work that you um, seem to be sort of leaning towards, or it seems to be coming out in a lot of the recent projects that you're working on, which is, right. so how, how did that come about? And because, uh, and with an E seems like it's not, <laughs> like it seems like the, yeah, odd, and, the odd one out there, I guess. Yeah, so recently I've been working on a lot more sci-fi, but um, yeah, Look, I do, I do everything. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, it's, it's drama. Like, um, I'm a dramatist. You know? <laughs> like, but um, I don't know what it is about sci-fi. I think it is kind of like magic for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, and it, it's, 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 the, it's the quickest way for, for me to access that sense of wonder that I, I want to bring to audiences. How would you advise like younger people who are trying to get into the space, who are trying to become the next you, um, who, who are actually saying, no, if I see her in the elevator, how do I introduce myself? Well, if it's for writing, I'd say y- you have to write a lot um, initially. Like it, it took me writing a lot of very bad scripts to make one good, you know, pilot spec or, or you know, it, I just... I just kept, I just kept at it. Like I wrote features, pilots, whatever I could. And, and then you have to network and, and hustle and get people, get eyes on it. Like I'm, I'm not telling the whole story, <laughs> like how long it took me to like, yeah. you know, beat down doors or whatever it was. But I will say that um, I probably wrote a lot for free on my own, possibly more than most people or most people would even lies to <laughs> but you have to get you have to get good at your craft um yeah. so so you have to be willing to put in in the work and then luckily we're we're at a time now where there there just seems to be so many programs like um 
you know, just these kind of acceleration um, workshops and mentorship opportunities and, um, you know, like all of the studios, Warner Brothers, Disney, what have you, they have all of these, these writing acceleration programs for, for people to, to get in. Um, and, and, you know, there's also the Sundance Labs and it's a, you, you'd have to be pretty um, vigilant in terms of the research you do to, to take advantage of these numerous opportunities. But mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is just sticking with it. Um, it's, 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 it can be very challenging to get a foot in the door. And I've made some horrendous shorts as well. Like you, you have to just be, I think you have to frame failure differently too. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to be willing to, to make a lot of mistakes and experiment and, um, and basically collect data so you know what you're good at and, and what you can lean into in terms of the aspects of the craft that you're interested in. Yeah, so. I really like what you said, just framing failure, because that's that's probably a huge, <laughs> that's probably great advice for anybody in any walk of life, right? Like you have to find a way to reframe that and and Well, and, it's uh, ridiculous the way, it. sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but like there's so many, you know, competitions and, and what have you that y- you're always, you're always kind of, comparing yourself to other people and um and I think it's it's kind of unhealthy I think the best work comes from making potentially horrendous things prior you know like it it takes it takes making a lot of 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 mistakes to to really carve out something beautiful things that are coming up for you. I think people are going to be more excited to know that. Um, what, what is coming up for you that you can, you can share or where should we, or where should we follow you? Well, you can always follow my Instagram. I'm at Naledi Jackson, but in terms of what's coming up, Outer Range and Shining Girls, which I was, I'm writing, producing on, um, will be coming out they're both going in, well, one's in production, the other's going into production. So by 2022, they'll be out in the world. Um, to write, to direct, or, or produce, which one and why? If you could only pick one. Oh my goodness, that's a horrible, I can't answer that. <laughs> I, I refuse. Oh, you refuse? <laughs> I mean, I love, okay, I, I love directing. I, I find it gives me the biggest adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's super fun for me. I'd probably pick that, but you know, writing's right up there for me too. It's, mm-hmm. it's it is a, a joy. It is always a bit weird when you know it's handed over to the director. Mm-hmm. But I was going to ask you about that. that too because I'm just like, oh, that's an that's a really interesting choice uh, that they made. I suppose yeah. that that speaks to your collaborative nature that you don't get offended with things handing something over and having it become something slightly different. I love it if I'm collaborating and somebody can, can bring something that I haven't thought of to the table that's, that just opens things up in a, in a different way. Like, to me, that's why I'm, I'm doing this. I, I love that. So there you have it. The conversation continues. 
Part of our show was recorded and produced at Culturelight Studios, the soundstage and auditory office of 54 Lights. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by the amazing duo of Multiformats. I'd like to thank my guest, Nalady, for reconnecting with me after so long. For those of you who don't know, she was my very, very first interview. Years ago, she indulged my request. And now, years later, she still supports me and indulged yet another request for an interview. Thank you so much for that. To you, the listener, I also extend my thanks. You've joined, hopefully subscribed, and are a part of the reason why I do what I do. If you like what you've heard, remember that there's more. We'll continue having conversations with change agents, entrepreneurs, and inspiring people from the continent and beyond it in the shows that proceed. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any of our inspiring episodes that are coming up. You can find us wherever you do your listening. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and many, many more. And of course, if you enjoy some social sprinkled in with your experience, please follow us on Instagram under our handle, Crowd54. Listen, like, share. This is your host, Kendwani Mwasi. Until we meet again, thank you for listening.